to checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Okay, it's great to see Mary's bought fans with her this morning. Yeah, fans, it's good. You went to see Cliff Richard on Friday night, anyone? Anyone willing to admit it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Did he manage, you know, did he come on early and finish early for his bedtime and things like that? I shouldn't say that, should I? Anyway, right, let's get, off, get on with it. This morning, it's good to be here. It's great to see um, people who've come back and some new faces. And welcome uh, to our new home. As I say, if you weren't here last week, uh, welcome back. Those who've been away, where's Guy and Jill? Good day. Yeah, good day, yeah. Okay. And uh, Lorraine, you can translate for them this morning. That's fine. <laughs> Have you ever heard the phrase, uh, it's just a little white lie? Just, just a little white lie. Just, just a little white lie. Okay? What a little rubbish. <laughs> no such thing. A lie is a lie is a lie. And uh, we've been doing a series, if you've been coming regularly, on enemies of the heart. And last week we took a little bit of a diversion so we could welcome here. But this morning we want to think about the enemy of the heart that is lies. You know, we, we worship a God who who says he is truth. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So a lie is the opposite of what Jesus is. Um, Jeremiah verse, chapter 17, verse 9, says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know, the heart is deceitful. And actually that verse comes just after a little section about trust a conversation about trust. So Jeremiah 17 verses 7 to 8, just before this, says this, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Whew. Some of us are thinking this morning, could do with a bit of that. Does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So trust is a good thing, yeah? And that's talking about trusting God. And when we trust and put our trust in God and when we look at the truth, then actually there's some real positive promises there. Would you agree? Yeah. But actually the heart is deceitful above all things. So that tells me that a lie comes from within. A lie doesn't start with your mouth. It starts right at the center. We want to trust God. And actually, lies affect our trust muscles. Lies affect our hearts. They harden our hearts to the things of God because there's going to be four things we're going to look at this morning. Um, when Joel was little, uh, he wanted, when he was about four or five maybe, he wanted to play on the PlayStation. Now, I still had a little bit of time available to play on PlayStations. I don't seem to, you know, I've grown up since, obviously. Uh, no, I've just not got any time to play on the PlayStation. And he wanted to play on the PlayStation, and that was my little treat. And I have a confession to make this morning. There were many times I gave him the controller and told him it was plugged in, but it wasn't. But he didn't know. You know, that little white lie didn't hurt anyone. Didn't hurt anyone. But actually, as he grew up, if I kept doing that, could you imagine how hardened his heart would be to me? Because actually, 
I didn't tell the truth. Or, you know, I had a friend once, and some of you might have heard a similar thing, but I had a friend who told his children that when the ice cream van played the music, it meant it had sold out of ice creams. <laughs> and so they would roll their eyes at other children running after the ice cream van, thinking, ha, ha, ha. What daft people running after the van, there's no ice cream left. And he would tell them that, and they believed him for quite a while. Or, you know, I can remember, as I was preparing this, I can remember a time at junior school where it was a bit like show and tell. And we'd all been tasked with doing a presentation on a hobby we enjoyed doing. And I remember going into school this one morning and finding out that it was my turn. I hadn't prepared anything. I hadn't even thought about it. And I can remember standing at the front of class and doing a 20-minute talk on how much I loved badminton. <laughs> I don't know why, because I probably didn't play it much at the time. And I even drew a racket on the board in chalk and a shuttlecock. I didn't take any visual aids. I think the teacher thought, what are you playing at? You know, what are you playing at? And I just busked it. It was so bad. <laughs> but there are lies that each one of us have believed. And there are lies that are spoken over us. And it's a real enemy of the truth of God. It's a real enemy of the truth of God. You know, who, who thinks the great, of, great Wall of China is visible from space? Okay, yeah? You heard that one? Yeah, it's not true. It's not true. It's visible under severe magnification, apparently. But it is not visible from space. Yet every one of us would say, yeah, I've heard that as a fact. I've heard that as a fact. It's not true. How many of you think you swallow on average eight spiders a year? Anyone? Any, anyone think that? Anyone not want to think about that? Yeah? Okay. That is, that is, who's heard that one? Yeah? Just give me a show of hands. Yeah? It's not true. Spiders, for starters, most of us snore or breathe heavily when we are asleep. So can you imagine a little spider who's, you know, Spider-Man, his spidey sense tingles with the vibration. And you're there like a man mountain or a woman mountain or something else going, <laughs> is a spider going to go near that? No. They don't like the damp, particularly. And so actually that isn't true. Who's heard the one um, that a coin dropped off the Empire State Building would kill you? Yeah, yeah, it's not true. It would hurt you, it would hurt you, and apparently the average speed is about 30 to 50 uh, kilometers or miles per hour, and it would hurt you, but it would probably not kill you. It would reach a certain velocity and stay at that speed, and it would hurt. Goldfish, yeah? What do you know about goldfish? Sorry, the gold. Well done, Ray. I thought you, you weren't singing Spandau Ballet then, were you? No. Okay. <laughs> goldfish have a memory of how many seconds? Three seconds, yeah? Yeah? Not true. Apparently, I don't know how they test this one, I have to say. You know, I think they perhaps send them a questionnaire and say, you, can you remember what you did yesterday? Um, apparently, they have a memory of three months, which is longer than some of us. So... Uh, there you go. Some of the wives are nudging the husbands in their ribs there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's my wedding anniversary in a few weeks. Must remember. Who was told not to eat chewing gum when they were little? Because it would stick your insides up. Anyone told that one? Yeah, yeah. It just passes through. It doesn't, doesn't, it's not going to stay around in your gut. It passes through. Probably a little bit like sweet corn. Never mind. Check next time. <laughs> but hearing those things, as some of you are a little bit... <gasps> I've believed that for most of my life. The Great Wall of China one is often trotted out. But actually, a lie damages the truth. A lie damages our trust. And it can shock us when we hear and then we start to struggle with all truth. Psalm 15 is a short psalm, and it says this, verses 1 to 5. 
Psalm 15, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? Who, who can have that? Who can have God with them? The answer is all of us. But in the Psalms, it says this, the one whose walk is blameless, who does what is righteous, and who speaks the truth from their heart. The truth begins right at the center of our being. Whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor and casts no slur on others, who despises a vile person but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps an oath even when it hurts, keeps a promise even when it hurts, and does not change their mind, who lends money to the poor without interest, who does not accept a bribe against the innocent, Whoever does these things will never be shaken. There's a promise. The truth is that if we obey God, if we follow his ways, we will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. Even though things may come our way, even though things may knock us, we will not be shaken. Because God says we can stand firm on his truth. The truth is an internal decision that we make. To tell the truth... Or to tell a lie is something that starts inside us. And often, once we've done it, it's very hard to pull it back. It's also a place where our minds change from the right to the wrong. Yeah? And we know that we do it. Everyone in this room will know. The list that is read in that psalm seems to make it impossible for us to live for God, doesn't it? Yeah? Seems to make it impossible. But it isn't. The good news this morning is it isn't impossible because Jesus made it possible. Jesus was perfect. He makes it possible for us to be these things because God sees us in that way. I believe there are four stages of lie that damage our hearts. And I want us to think about these this morning, these four stages of lies that damage our hearts. And I believe each one of us are susceptible to them all. The first one is the fact that we believe the lies of the enemy. And what is the lie of the enemy? that something is better than God. That's the lie of the enemy, that something is better than God. That what you chase after is gonna be better than the promises God gives you. That what you want is gonna be better than what God has. And that is the lie that we sometimes choose to believe. Right at the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter three, verses one to five, it says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you mustn't eat from the fruit from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. A lie has crept into Eve's dialogue. God didn't say that. But the enemy's lie starts to twist our thinking, and we start to believe what isn't right. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, the enemy lie is this. The enemy says to you, he whispers in your ear, God doesn't know what he's talking about. God doesn't know what he's talking about. I've got something over here that you'll really enjoy and nobody will know. You'll be fine. That's the enemy's lie. And we start to believe it. And that is where the lie begins. That It doesn't take persistent lies either, does it? Have you noticed in this passage, she isn't told a lie after a lie after a lie. It's one lie and she takes it in, hook, line and sinker. How many of us 
have fallen for that one lie that has come after us that says, you'll be okay. God won't mind. It doesn't matter. The devil doesn't have to be persistent. Maybe one promise of feeling and being more powerful than we are is all it'll take. Maybe one promise of something being more pleasurable or us being more wealthy or us becoming more experienced and we turn our hearts from the God that promises. What are the promises that God promises? Life to the full. Life to the full. The enemy's promise is short-lived and lasts a moment, but then you're left with a lifetime of struggle. The lie of the enemy isn't as good as God's promises. God's promise is life to the full, an eternity of no pain. Who would love no pain this morning? That's God's promise. God's promise. No sadness. It's God's promise. No fear. No tears. No mourning. No death. No sickness. That's God's promise. And yet, we cast it all away for the quick lie of the enemy. The quick lie that says, Here's a quick fix. And for that quick fix, we throw away hope. We throw away hope and we start to believe we're not good. So the first part of lying, the first stage of a lie is the lie of the enemy that he whispers in our ear and we choose to believe it and accept it. This morning, let's choose to hold on to the promises of God that we can walk with him and have a life that is full. The second lie and I believe this morning, this is one that we all really need to pay attention to. We lie to ourselves. We lie to ourselves. You know, I don't know about you, but often I have that thing of, I've got a second cavity in my stomach for desserts. Yeah? Anyone else got that? Yeah? Yeah? It's not true, really. So, sadly, sometimes it feels like you can eat a dessert, but I've just got one big cavity that doesn't need what I put in it. And the lie I believe is, I'll still fit in my jeans tomorrow. It'll be fine. I'll still fit in. And I lie to myself. I really need that extra cake. Oh, I really do because it's so good. It's my favorite. Do you know what was really funny this week? I don't know if, if any of you on Facebook, there has been a millionaire shortbread invented that features Biscoff, okay? You all know my, my love for Biscoff. And uh, somebody tagged me in it. And it's millionaire shortbread with Biscoff base and then caramel, and then a Biscoff top. Mary, I need you to look at it and find it, okay? <laughs> and then uh, Alison's saying, no, I don't. Well, I'm lying to myself. Yes, I'm lying to myself. I don't need it. I don't need it. don't need it. But the funny thing is, I thought somebody had done a spoof because actually when you watch the video, the background music is the Spring Mount jingle for our podcast. That's a sign, if ever there was one, isn't it? <laughs> That's a sign, you know? I think God was saying, it's okay, Alison, it's okay. But maybe that's the enemy's lie saying, no, Johnny, it'll be okay. It won't be okay because I am getting bigger and I'm not doing anything about it. And sometimes I think I really need it. Maybe the lie I believe and I tell myself is, I'm not hurting anybody else. I'm not hurting anybody else. Or maybe the lie I believe is, I can't possibly live without it. Anyone got that one going through their heads? I can't not do that because I couldn't live without it. Yeah? That is a lie. And we start lying to ourselves and we believe it. Another lie might be, well, it's not illegal in other countries, so it's okay. You know, you can go at whatever speed you want on the German autobahn, so let's do it in England. It doesn't work that way. And actually, we start believing that lie. Maybe 
we lie and say, well, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel better, so I'm just going to do it. It feels good, so I'm going to do it. And we start to believe that lie. They won't miss one of those. Maybe we're tempted to take something that's not ours. They won't miss it. They won't miss it. Or maybe it's just a little white lie. Anyone hear those things occasionally? Yeah? That's the second stage. The enemy lies. We start to believe it, and then we tell ourselves lies to say it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And in believing that lie, we repeat it. The other thing about telling ourselves lies, the third thing is, sorry, is we then speak it out and we lie to others. That's the third stage of lying. You might think that's the first, but it's the third. I've got two, uh, two very uh, strong men on the front row here. And uh, can you stand up, Peter and Cameron? Okay. I'm going to see if they've got strength of endurance because the Bible tells us that the tongue is one of the, the most powerful muscles in the body, that the tongue speaks death, it speaks lies, okay? And I want them to see if their tongues are strong enough to control, okay? So I want you just to peg that on your tongue. Sorry, tongue, sorry. Okay, I'll say go, and then we'll see who can last the longest. Um, okay, because this should show if they can control it. Are we ready? Ready, go. Okay, does it hurt? No? Okay, are you sure it doesn't hurt? Okay, do you want to put another one on, Cameron, just to make sure? Okay. Okay, does that one hurt less? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting, isn't it? That actually the... F <laughs> are you managing? Is it hurting, Cameron? Are you sure? You, just not be, you don't have to believe the lie that you have to be a butch man to do this, okay? That's not true. You can take them off. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyone want to take a photo for the newsletter? Please feel free. Um, but interestingly, isn't it? When we tell a lie, it's like we suddenly peg something. And actually, it is quite sore, isn't it? It's not like... It's quite sore. But the interesting thing is, the second peg I pegged on Cameron didn't hurt as much, did it? I did think about bringing 10 or 15 of these and, and trying to peg them all on, but we haven't got time this morning. But the second peg didn't hurt as much, and it's a bit like lying. The first time we know in our head, are you finished now? Have you had enough? Are oh, you slavering? Oh, well done, Cameron. Now, I'll put that on. No, I won't do that. <laughs> Thank you. The first time we, well, the first time we tell a lie, it's like that first peg. The sensation isn't a pleasant one, is it, that first, that first time? It's not a pleasant one. I actually lasted about a second when I tried it, so it was, it was painful. But the interesting thing is, every peg you add after that doesn't hurt as much. And that's the danger of a lie. When we start to speak it out, in our mouths, the first times it hurts. And it registers that we know we're not being truthful. But then actually, the more we repeat it, the easier it becomes to lie and the harder we become to the mistruth. You know, I had a friend who regularly told people he'd just met that he designed ejector seats for helicopters. I don't know if they exist, because obviously the blades are whizzing like that, and I think it would probably be a very dangerous thing, but he told people, and he convinced them, he used to tell this story over and over again, and they were asking him questions. And the more he told it, the more he could elaborate. 
and the more he could do it without a smile on his face and he could have them believing it for longer because he was just trying to be funny. But that is the danger when we tell a lie because once we lie, it becomes bigger, it becomes easier and it becomes more misleading and we start to believe it ourselves. A lie is a bad impact for both parties. You know, in the Bible, there's a story of Abraham and Sarah and twice they go into a foreign land or a foreign city and Abraham says to his wife, don't tell them you're my wife because they might come after me. Tell them you're my sister. And they do it twice and twice there is an impact on the person and on Abraham and Sarah. And I believe as you look through that story, the lie impacted in their own relationship. That lie that they agreed together had an impact on their own relationship right at the heart because they then started to mistrust God. What did we start with in that psalm? That a lie is effectively the opposite of trust. A lie is the opposite of trust. The fourth thing we do, first we believe the enemy's lie, secondly we lie to ourselves. thirdly we lie to others, and then fourth, we lie to God. We lie to God. And, you know, this last part is particularly pointless, isn't it? Because God knows. God knows. So why do we do it? Why do we think we can get away with it? You know, there were times, if those, if those of you here have got children, there were times with our children where we would challenge them to tell the truth even though we knew what they'd done. Yeah? They would sort of, I mean, the, 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 the best one I've, I've shared before was when Joel was about three and Ros had painted a door in our house and came downstairs to find marker pen on the door, beautifully written, Joel. And Chloe was probably a baby, a few months old. And Ros came down and said, have you done this? And he went, no, it was Chloe. <laughs> Why did he lie? Because we don't like to accept responsibility. We lie to ourselves because we don't want to really make a change. Because we don't really want to challenge that thing that is causing us a problem. And we don't want to be different because it sometimes feels comfortable, but then we get stuck in that lie. We get stuck in lying to ourselves. Purely, we wanted them to be honest. And we would know that the children had done the deed, but we just wanted them to own up, yeah? I believe God's like that. God knows what we've done, but he still loves us. God knows everything about us, and he still loves us. God knows who you are, where you've come from, and where you're going, and he still loves you. He just wants us to be conversation with him. He wants us to be honest with him. He wants us to own our, 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 our truth, if you like. The other one I remember was Corey being the only one in his house. He was at school. He was probably 13, and we needed to go somewhere, and there was only me and him in the house. I couldn't find my car keys. I'd had them. And he'd hidden them behind something because he didn't want to go. And so I said, Corey, did you put my keys there? He went, no. I'm like, well, there's only us in the house. And eventually he owned up to it. And did I go, right, you naughty boy? I said, come on, let's talk about it. I said, it really wasn't very good. But actually, once he'd told that truth, he was released from that guilt and fear. And actually, it brought us back into that relationship of what was right. The truth actually set him free. There was no point in him lying. And we'd usually say thank you for telling the truth. Thank you for being honest. Do you know, 
God wants us to build a relationship with him and lies harden our hearts. They harden our hearts to God. They harden our hearts. And do you know, I believe when we lie, it hardens our hearts and God's word starts to bounce off because we start to coat our heart with things that aren't true. And the truth just doesn't always get through because we start to build up a shield against the truth because we know we, want to, we need to be honest and we don't always want to be. Psalm 15 verses 1 to 5 in the message version says this. God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? How do we get on your guest list? There's a good question. God, how do we get on your guest list? Verse 2, walk straight, act right, tell the truth. Don't hurt your friend. Don't blame your neighbor. Despise the despicable. Keep your word even when it costs. You make an honest living. Never take a bride. Bribe even. You can take a bride. That's fine. You'll never get blacklisted if you live like this. Tell the truth. Keep your word even when it costs. Let's just repeat that so it sinks in. Keep your word even when it costs. That's tough, isn't it? That's tough, but maybe sometimes the truth can hurt our circumstances. Paying the right amount of tax. Maybe it can hurt your circumstances. Telling others about our change in lifestyle. Maybe that can hurt your circumstances. We may lose friends. We may even think we'll lose finances. Or we may even think we'll lose family. But telling the truth, no matter what it costs, keep your word, even when it hurts. Why? Why do I think that's important? Because God's promise is for freedom. God's promise is for freedom. God's promise is for fullness of life. How do we get on his guest list? We accept his invitation. He wants to put everybody on it. How do we get on his guest list? We accept what he's done for us. And we recognize that we're not perfect. And we say to him, I'm sorry I've not been honest. I'm sorry my lies have, have damaged my heart. You know, he wants to make you and me this morning VIP guest entries. He wants to invite you into the VIP area. Because you're so valuable that Jesus gave himself for you. He made himself less so that we could have more. He made himself less so we could have more. He took the punishment so we could be free. Free. And yet we trap ourselves in our lies. And then Jesus kept his word even when it cost him. Jesus kept his word even when it cost him. It cost him even life. He promised to lay down his life for his friends and he wants you to be his friend. It cost him his life. He didn't take in the enemy's lies. The enemy tried to say to him, don't, you don't need to do that. When he was tempted in chapter 4 of Matthew, you don't need to do that. The angels will come and rescue you. You could have all this if you bow down to me. He didn't take in the enemy's lie. He said, no, the truth is, man shall not live by bread alone. The truth is, we should not put our God to the test. And this morning, I believe it's time for us to be honest with God. It's time for us to be honest with ourselves. And it's time to be honest with each other. To bring it all before him. And stop believing the lies. And stop lying to ourselves. And stop trying to hide it from God, because he knows anyway. He just wants us to say, God, I love you, and I'm sorry. 
And then he opens his arms and says, come on, thank you. Let's walk together. Why? We need to stop because we need to be right with God. And if that means it costs us something, then so be it. Because the promises of God are far greater. It will gain us everything. Luke chapter 9 verse 25, as I come to the end, says this. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? There's a verse, isn't it? Let's read that again. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? That's what lies do. You lose yourself. You lose yourself. That is the problem with our lies. They get out of control. They leave us feeling worse. So this morning, as we finish, bring it into the light. Uncover the lies that have been at our heart. Uncover the ones that we've believed and say, God, I need you to take this. Uncover the lies that have been spoken over us and say, God, I know your promises. I know you love me and I know I am your chosen one. And you want me on your guest list. Bring it between you and God. Don't lose the real you. Instead, gain everything. Gain everything. Because he promises fullness, fullness, fullness. Do we want it? I know I do. So let's stop living with lies. Let's pray.